Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod. Coming at you with our full Week 16 preview. After uh, recording here after a Thursday night football game that I think unfortunately will be a harbinger of things to come this week in the NFL. Lots of bad weather on the docket here, and uh, that was no exception in the uh, the game tonight with the Jets and the Jaguars. Pretty ugly affair there. I think we'll get to a little bit of reaction there uh, in a second. But, guys, hope you're staying warm. Hope our connection holds up. I've seen the lights uh, flicker on and off at my place a couple times. I know a lot of uh, a lot of us around the uh, the Midwest are dealing with some, some weather-related shenanigans. How are you guys holding up? It's pretty cold out here, negative seven. Uh, not, not too much snow, though, so it's not terrible, but it, it's cold. And uh, it's even worse, I'm in the basement, and uh, we got that little doggy door. Um, and unfortunately, our dog, Tucker, chews that little flap. Um, and so uh, typically there'd be like a magnet that kind of keeps the breeze from coming out, but no, it's a full breeze coming in. So it's getting colder and colder every minute in here. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, wow. That's so toughing out the elements <laughs> in the middle of the pod. That is uh, just sportsmanship right there, Justin. So if you hear a constant wind coming. in the background, it's just from Justin's uh, doggy door. Nothing to worry about. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much the same story here. It's, it's it's freezing cold. It's like 20 mile per hour winds right now. So if you just step outside, it makes it even colder. But uh, I think, like you said, I think we're going to see a lot of that this weekend just in general. There's a lot of games being played in, uh, across the Midwest and a lot of weather to watch out for. So the uh, FanTC Weather Channel here to provide you with uh, the latest updates. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of what we're going to be doing this week is going to be uh, you know, reporting on the weather conditions rather than the fantasy. So I don't love that, especially in championship week, but... Uh, I think that's just what we're dealing with right now, guys. Uh, Cody, if you don't mind running through the injuries for me, I actually got to take a work call real quick. So uh, go ahead, and then uh, I'll jump back in when you're ready. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Uh, Well, also just want to say while you guys are here, uh, obviously if you're listening, you're probably still playing for something at this point. So if you are, congratulations. Uh, Nick and I have a pretty interesting matchup in our mini Dynasty League, playing for a spot at the championship game. I'm in another semifinal matchup. Nick has two other semifinal matchups outside of that one. So we aren't just spilling random fantasy advice for you. Uh, As you'll hear throughout, we are having to make some very difficult decisions in our own matchups. So we are right there with you guys. Uh, Also, as always, like, comment, subscribe on the video, uh, on the social media posts. Give us a shout out on social media if you want. Just help us spread the pod. We always appreciate it. But uh, honestly, a pretty solid uh, injury list here. Obviously, with a lot of games being played on Saturday, a lot of decisions had to be made today. So let's run through these. First, the Colts are benching Matt Ryan for Nick Foles. Um, I don't know if a lot of the Colts options are very risky anyway with Matt Ryan. So I think that this just kind of makes him even maybe slightly riskier. Gardner Minshew will start week 16 for the Eagles. Kenny Pickett will start for Pittsburgh. Tyler Huntley will start for Baltimore. Interesting, uh, something interesting about this one. Sleeper, uh, the fantasy app sent out a notification for this. They said Snoop Huntley is going to be starting yeah, for Baltimore. <laughs> Had me immediately Googling who Snoop Huntley could be <laughs> until I realized it was just a typo. <laughs> but uh, all right, Ryan Tannehill ruled out. Malik Willis is going to start there in Tennessee. Chris Olave was ruled out for New Orleans. Deontay Johnson did not practice this week, but expects to play. Ken Walker did not practice the entire week. Carroll says that he expects him to play. I have an interesting take on that when we get to the Seattle game. 
Jacoby Myers limited this week, questionable for Saturday. Um, he had a concussion last week, but I think he, this is a different injury that he suffered on the, the first game. Yeah, for or last last play of uh, the Raider game. Aaron Roger, Aaron Jones limited this week with a knee injury, still questionable. Damian Harris limited this week, questionable. And then uh, T. Higgins, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Amari Cooper, Khalil Herbert, and Dallas, Dallas Goddard are all uh, are all in this week, either off the injury report or returning from the IR. So some nice positive news uh, there. And really my, my big takeaway with these Saturday games uh, uh, taking place this week, it's very nice for the podcast, very pod-friendly. Uh, we get a lot of updates this Thursday night, whereas a lot of this information is uh, – still up in the air if there's a, a Friday practice. So, And some quarterback clarity. There was a lot of quarterback questions up in the air, which just kind of uh, at least I guess somewhat helps make some decisions for you. Yeah, the one note I would add there is that Aaron Jones, uh, he, his injury looks like he's going to play. I would have put him in the same you know same boat as the Ken Walker and uh, Deontay Johnson injuries. Looks like that was just a maintenance thing. He is most likely going to play. It was a new injury with that knee, though, so I wanted to mention it. And then Damian Harris seems truly questionable. Uh, we've seen him be him be limited in practice the past couple weeks and not end up playing. But uh, you know, obviously, the farther removed from that injury, uh, the the more likely he is to play. So I think that is only news for Ramondre Stevenson owners, and not even news in the sense that you're not playing him, just in the you know lowering your expectations slightly if Harris goes. So yeah. that is all we have on the injuries. Thank you for taking care of that for me, Cody. Uh, do we? Want to get into any reaction from that Thursday night game? Uh, Nineteen to three, as I started off with, uh, the Jags take it. But uh, I think my biggest reaction, and it was the same reaction I had to the Jets game last week, is Zach Wilson is really, really bad. So I think Mike White's job is very safe in the uh, the Jets organization as soon as he's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you got a chance to listen to the Thursday night pod, I put out a quick one before the game. I love the under. I love the Jets. Uh, they were plus one and a half. I got them at plus two and a half today. Um, I got to say, I made the Jags. Yeah, sorry. I made a, a nice uh, profit off the Jags tonight. I thought the Jags getting points was an absolute joke. So, um, but I do have a kind of an interesting takeaway here. Uh, well, and this goes all the way back to 2020 when the Jets beat the Rams and the Browns. And that, that was the good Baker year. So the Browns were rolling. And, and the Rams yeah. were obviously rolling that year, too. Beat those two teams back to back to get away from the number one spot. And they could have Trevor Lawrence right now, but they have Zach Wilson. And as someone who grew up in St. Louis and was a Rams fan, I understand you got to enjoy every single win as you get it. But I think any Jets fan would trade one of those two wins away for Trevor Lawrence uh, without a doubt. So I think it was very questionable when the Jets kind of won it there. It was kind of, you know, known without being known just to tank for Trevor Lawrence. And they are uh, paying the price for it, to say the least. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, the other the other takeaway that I have is, is I, I hope Joe Flacco is hurt because yeah, I, I don't, don't understand why he was not in that game. And if he is not hurt, then the Jets should just cut him because he's just wasting a roster spot. Uh, they put in Chris Strebler. Uh, I don't understand what they were thinking. He is more of a uh, you know a gadget running quarterback. If you're down multiple scores late in the game, uh, you need to throw the ball. Joe Flacco. Just from uh, you know an outside point of view, would figure to re- represent a lot, uh, a much better option than uh, you know Strebler did in that situation. So if you, you know, if you're going to go to Strebler there uh, with you know Mike White obviously banged up and then Zach Wilson as your starter, then I think you just got to cut Joe Flacco, open up a roster spot because I don't see 
any situation in which uh, he would be used if that, it wasn't if he wasn't used there. It seemed like the perfect time for him. But yeah, uh, anything else on the Thursday night game? Yeah, just an interesting stat of the game. Chris Strebler would have gotten you more fantasy points than any other Jets Jets player or fantasy option in general tonight. So. Um, just an absolute dud for the Jets. And then big game for Evan Ingram again. I was probably a little lower than I should have been on him uh, going into that game. He is playing really good football, and he fits whatever the tight end situation in Jacksonville is. He fits it very, very well. So if you are making it this far with Evan Ingram, I think he should be a good play next week against Houston as well. So congratulations on that pickup. Yeah, 100%. He has looked great the past few weeks especially, and tonight uh, he was – probably the best player on the field other than Trevor Lawrence, I would say. Um, Let's go ahead and move into our Saturday slate here. We're going to start off with the, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this term thrown around, but I've heard a bomb cyclone is the term that they're using for (laughs) this game in Cleveland. Uh, It's uh, New Orleans Saints at Cleveland Browns. Uh, Saints five and nine, Cleveland six and eight. Cleveland favored by three points at home over under a very juicy 32 and a half points. That is the lowest in almost a decade. That's my stat of the game for this one. So as you can probably imagine with that over under, we're not looking at a ton of options here. Basically only two guys that I want to start or I wouldn't even say want to start. Only two guys that I would put in my lineup if, uh, you know, I didn't have better options. Uh, that is Alvin Kamara on the Saints side. Uh, this, the Cleveland Browns have been, you know, giving it up to the running back position this game, and this over/under scares me uh, for every option that there is here. But uh, I think Alvin Kamara is at least, you know, going to get the work. And with no Mark Ingram, he is pretty much, you know, the only usable asset on this offense. No Chris Olave in this one either, as Cody mentioned off the jump. So I think Kamara is a solid RB two and. Uh, the, only, the only other options on the Saints that we're looking at are the tight ends. Uh, Juwan Johnson I'm scared off of because of the weather. I think Taysom Hill is you know, in the back end of tight end consideration. He might get a few more opportunities because of the weather situation here on the ground. Um, do you have anything to add on the Saints, Cody? I think it's pretty easy here. Kamara is probably in your lineup. Taysom Hill is a dart throw if you need to make it, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I will say Kamara, um, I think it was last year that he had the, maybe it was the year before he had the huge Christmas game with six touchdowns. Uh, He is someone who definitely may have some positive touchdown regression. Not saying it's going to be in this game, but he's one of those guys you just got to trust the process and hope that he ends up finding the end zone multiple times in a a game for you. Uh, He's been pretty Pretty big letdown for fantasy players this season. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill, if you want to play him this week because you think he's going to get a little bit more running action, go go right ahead. But I think you could probably come up with some kind of better pass-catching option than Taysom Hill. Here, let me get you a few names here and see where you're at with Taysom Hill. Would you rather start Taysom Hill or Gerald Everett against the Colts? Yeah, I'd play Gerald Everett. Taysom Hill or Cole Komet versus the Bills? I'm also playing Cole Komet. He's the only like pass catcher of note left in sh- Chicago. Okay, so I think we're pretty low on Taysom Hill. I, I'm pretty low. Over yeah, Komet I just don't just want – Because of the weather situation. I, yeah, I, I don't want pieces of this game. I mean, there's a there's a chance that this game could literally end up 7-0 if it's as bad as weather as they're talking about. So um, I, I just yeah, don't want to take a risk if I don't have to. If any listeners remember the uh, Patriots-Bills game last year uh, where the Patriots threw three passes and ended up winning, I believe it was 10-3. to three. I think you could be looking at a very similar situation here just from a win perspective. I think that's For the sure. reason this over-under is as low as it is. On the Brown side, pretty similar story. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I guess, is more of a back-end QB2 rather than just completely off the radar like Dalton because he can run a little bit. But yep. again, you're trying to avoid him at all costs. 
Nick Chubb is probably, you know, right along with Alvin Kamara and RB2 this week. Uh, the Saints have actually been, you know, not a bad matchup for running backs, especially lately. But again, this, uh, you know, they're going to be able to stack the box on both sides. And you'd imagine that the volume is going to be there, but it's going to be tough sledding. So uh, Chubb's too good to sit probably, but I don't have extremely high expectations for him, especially because he's been somewhat struggling lately from a fantasy perspective. And uh, for the Brown side, it's a little more disappointing because we've had some more, you know, consistent options as far as the pass catchers go. But I am avoiding them at essentially all costs. No, thank you on Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, obviously passing the ball is going to be very difficult in this game. And then same for David Njoku. He's a tougher call because he's a tight end, but I'd be starting Taysom Hill over him on the other side. And we have already gone over the fact that we're not very high on him. Uh, do you have any disagreements on the Browns or would, would you be different there on uh, Njoku? Um, I mean, maybe I may play him over Taysom Hill, but I, I understand your sentiment there. If you're not able to pass the ball, I mean, there's it's a very high chance it's going to be raining. It's going to be windy and extremely cold. So you're getting all three types of weather there. So, I mean, if you want to just take the player that you think is going to get some opportunities on the ground and Taysom Hill, I get it. I just think Njoku is just a way better athlete. There's a chance he maybe can catch a short one that and, you know, take it for 30, 40 yards, and he's at the total that Taysom Hill will probably find himself at. So I, I just – I like Njoku more as a player. So I may give him a little bit more bump than Taysom Hill, but very similar there just because of the game. Um, but, yeah, you're right. And I would say if you're in a shallow league, um, you know, it's just a shallower full PPR league, I don't think Nick Chubb has to be played this week. Uh, like you said, they could just absolutely load up this box and just focus on stopping the run. So, I mean, it's semifinals. If you have a loaded roster and you have it's full PPR, I mean, I, I don't hate the pivot off of Chubb if you can. But that's very, very, very um, just in particular circumstance there. Would you play McKinnon or Chubb in a full PPR? Uh, I mean, if I w- if I wake up and the weather looks as bad as it does right now, I eh, I I can't do. It. I'd probably still play Chubb. I'm, I that's that's too difficult. McKinnon's been amazing the past two weeks, but I mean, he's been in the league for how long? I mean, that's not going to last for very much longer. So I think I'd probably still go Chubb and just trust the talent. Yeah, I think I think I'd be sticking with Chubb uh, just because of you know the the volume he's going to get and how good he is at running the ball. But I, I agree. I mean, it's it, this this game is just profiles is a very tough one. So I do have uh, options where you can. Yep. Sorry, I do have one other note in this game. So the guy I'm playing this week in my work league in the semifinals had Jalen Hurts and no backup quarterback. Uh, he also didn't try and hit the waiver wire too hard this week. Must have not been paying attention. So I went and snagged up just about every. Uh, Every wide or every every good starting quarterback available and dropped Deshaun Watson because I knew he'd pick him up and baited him right on into it. He's playing Deshaun Watson against me this week, and I cannot wait to watch him Very put up hopefully no points. So, uh, just just nice little fantasy football, uh, knowing your league mates and knowing that they'd rather take the risk on the bigger name than trust someone in better weather and, and a better matchup. Yeah, that's a classic. Uh, maybe just not paying attention to the weather report as you should be, especially at this time of year in Cleveland. Why listen to uh, the podcast. Going to be tough sledding for them for sure. Uh, let's go to another game here that's going to be tough sledding. Uh, I think that that Cleveland Saints game is going to be the worst weather that we sure. experience on the slate. But there is some other, uh, you know, there's some other ones that are tough. Uh, this Houston at Tennessee game should be uh, in the kind of middle tier where you know the weather should factor in slightly, but probably not 
uh, to the point, obviously, where uh, the, the Browns and Saints are. But the problem here is that there is really just no options that we like other than I think there's one startable asset in this entire game. That's going to be on the Tennessee side, but we'll just hit Houston real quick. Uh, Houston won 12 and one at Tennessee seven and seven. Tennessee only favored by three and a half at home over under 35 and a half. On the Houston side, uh, we're not starting Davis Mills. We're not starting anybody from the running back room. It's Royce Freeman if you want to take your shot, but uh, no thank you. And then for the wide receivers, now that Brandon Cooks is back, I'm pretty much off of Chris Moore as well. Do you have any interest in Cooks or Moore, or are you just completely avoiding because of uh, the unknowns here? Um, no, maybe in a DFS lineup, if you need someone cheap, you can look at these guys' way just because the Tennessee Titans' pass defense has been so bad as of late, but – there's no shot I'm in the semifinals of my of any of my leagues, and I'm putting a Houston wide receiver in there. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, that's pretty much all there is on Houston. Then on Tennessee, uh, similar story here. Derrick Henry is definitely in your lineup. He's a smash play. He has it's well documented that he has destroyed Houston uh, the past four times and just in his career in general. So this game sets up for a 30 carry performance from him. Don't see how he could dudge you uh, unless he, you know, if he doesn't score, I still think he's going to end up with a hundred some odd yards. So Derrick Henry's a smash play. And then that's pretty much it. Now that Malik Malik Willis is the quarterback. I think Traylon Burks coming back would have been interesting if Ryan Tannehill was in the lineup, but now that he's not, we could see literally, you know, 10 pass attempts from the Tennessee Titans, if that. So uh, I think it's Derrick Henry and it's no one else. We're not turning Traylon Burks' way. We're not turning Chig Okonkwo's way either. Now that Burks is back. Yeah, you got it. Um, whenever I was actually looking at the weather for this weekend, I think this is like the third best weather for an outdoor game. And you already heard about how Nick was talking about it. It's still not going to be that great, but it has to be wasted on these two teams. That two teams that have a combined one fantasy asset that that anybody should be really looking to play this week, and that's Derrick Henry. So, uh, hopefully, he does uh, take advantage of this weather and just dominate this game for those who have him. Let's move on to the Seahawks and Chiefs. This one has uh, some more components to talk about, and this is another one uh, kind of in the Tennessee-Houston boat where the weather won't be great, but it should not hinder these options too much uh, from a downgrade standpoint, especially considering all of the other games that are going to be tough sledding. Seattle 7-7 seven and seven at the Kansas City Chiefs. That They are 11-3. and three. Chiefs favored by 10. That seems a little heavy to me. Over-under is 49. Uh, may make its way into the best bets. We'll see uh, what it looks like tomorrow. But let's start with the Seattle side. I think I like a lot of these options here. Uh, as we have uh, you know, discussed in the past, the Chiefs defense is not great, really, at all levels. And the Chiefs offense is fantastic. So all opposing teams are often chasing the score. And uh, you know, all of their options end up having to put up points to stay in the game, and it just is a good environment for these fantasy assets. So Geno Smith's a solid start this week. He's in the lower tier of starters for me. Uh, let me see. Let me get some names here real quick and see where we are Where we are with Geno Smith. Would you rather play Geno or Aaron Rodgers at the Dolphins? I'm going Geno for sure. Okay, let's move up a little bit here. Dak Prescott at home against the Eagles or Geno Smith. Yeah, I think when I was looking at him, I think I would have put him right below Dak Prescott. I think I'm still taking just Dak. I know that Eagles matchup's a little bit tougher, but I just like the player a little bit more in Dak. Last one, uh, Kirk Cousins or Geno Smith. Cousins at home against the Giants. Yeah, that one's very interesting for me. Um, I can understand if people want to go Kirk Cousins, but I think I like Geno Smith. This should be a uh, game script where they see themselves passing a decent amount. And, I mean, even without, you know, this full allotment of weapons that he normally has, you know, Tyler Lockett not being there, I still think that he can he can get it done. 
um, against a pretty bad KC defense. And you know, Giants games are pretty low scoring and always seem to be pretty close. So I just don't know if I want to take my shot on, on Kirk Cousins this week. But I do think he is still a pretty solid option. Yeah, I think that Prescott, Smith, and Cousins tier is probably, you know, on its own on the bottom end of starters. They're all, you know, solidly in the top 10, but they're probably the, you know, seven to nine range for you for the starters. So for sure. I think all of those guys find themselves in a similar situation. The running back room for Seattle is hard to comment on right now without knowing exactly how it's going to shake out. Um, I think in a just overarching sense, I'm going to say if Ken Walker plays, I'm going to start him. This is a very important game for the Seahawks, especially. They need to win this one, really, to stay in playoff contention. So I think uh, if he's out there and he's able to go, then they are going to give him the work. Obviously, you know, the re-injury risk exists, but he got through the game against the Niners last week just fine. So I think if he's out there, I'm going to play him. Cody, you said you had an interesting take on this situation, so I'll go ahead and throw it to you and see if you feel differently. Yeah, no, I I don't feel differently than you at all. If, if Walker, and Walker will play, and you should 100% put him in your lineup. There's no reason for him to potentially re-aggravate his ankle at during practice this week, especially at the running back position. I mean, that's one of those positions that, you know, you can – be in street clothes the week before and come in and have a good game. Like it's not as difficult to play running back as like a receiver. You have to run a route at a certain point, stuff like that. So this is, to me, this is just simply maintenance. They just don't want him to hurt his ankle running around at practice any more than it may be already banged up. I think very similarly, Ramondre Stevenson in new England is kind of doing the same thing this week. So yeah, Ken Walker's in and he's definitely going to play this week. And I don't think you have too much to worry about there. Um, but I do want to note that DJ Dallas is pretty much the, the surefire backup now. I believe Tony Jones and another running back got cut earlier, either this week or last week. So uh, if you are the Walker owner and DJ Dallas is still out there, go out there and snag him. But I'd be pretty confident he's playing. Yeah, I, I think uh, Pete Carroll's comments made me feel a little better uh, at the end of the day today when he said that he expects Walker to play. He's usually pretty honest about his players, usually on the positive side, so we could get some updates tomorrow, but I would think Ken Walker's a go. Again, uh, if he can, if there's any chance he can go, they're going to put him out there because they really need to win this game. Exactly. It's a uh, must-win situation. Why would you hurt really your is. star player in practice in a must-win situation against one of the best teams in the NFL? Like, obviously, the guys are just resting them. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I hey, I really hope so. I've got a lot of investment in Kenneth Walker this week. He needs to make up for a bad Garrett Wilson performance for me, uh, for sure, in a couple of my leagues. So uh, DK Metcalf, he's a lock, especially with no locket. And this week, Chiefs secondary, you imagine he's going to get plenty of targets and have a good good game against the Chiefs here. Marquise Goodwin is the you know interesting topic here. I'd uh, I'd call him a wide receiver three. I'm actually pretty high on him this week as far as a pickup and play guy. I think this is sort of the guy that you want off of the waiver wire. Let me go ahead and get some names up here so we can get a temperature check on Goodwin. Uh, so would you rather play Marquise Goodwin or Darius Slayton against the Minnesota Vikings? I'm going Goodwin in that situation, but I don't, I'm not as high on Slayton as you are. Let's move up the tier a little bit here. Uh, would you rather play Marquise Goodwin or Michael Pittman Jr. versus the Chargers? Oh, gosh, that's tough. Um I think you just have to trust the process with Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, he's, he is the wide receiver one there, so I'd probably stick with him. But if you have those stones to play Marquise Goodwin, he he does have that potential to catch a long bomb touchdown that Michael Pittman really just doesn't have in, in Indianapolis. So I think Goodwin could in just one play, you know, make up his week, whereas Pittman's probably going to have to be a uh, 
somewhat of a PPR machine like he was last week, especially with their change at quarterback. And then uh, last one here, Devonta Smith at the Cowboys with the the, the quarterback change or Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, another one. Just got to trust the process. I think Devonta Smith's talent's way higher than, than Marquise Goodwin, so I, I'm just going to roll with Devonta. Yeah, so just below those options there, but I still think a high-end wide receiver three yep. for me. Uh, definitely a solid flex play if you had anybody go down to injury last week or you're just looking for a better matchup-based play. Maybe you're a Chris Olave owner or something like that. Yeah, I will say um, with Goodwin, keep an eye on his injury. I believe he popped up early in the week on the point. injury report for one injury, and then he popped up again on the injury report for a separate injury later in the week. So a couple weird things going on there. So if you are planning on Goodwin playing, just just make sure you double-check Saturday morning. Yeah, he is still questionable. So definitely definitely uh, confirm his status before you put him into your lineup. The only other Seahawk I want to mention here is Noah Fant. I think uh, you know he's probably going to get an extra target or two with Tyler Lockett out of the lineup. Should be a good game script for him, as we mentioned before. Uh, he's on the streaming radar. I'd probably play him over, you know, a guy like David Njoku, um, you know, or maybe a guy like Taysom Hill. I'd play Noah Fant over as well. Or, excuse me, I'd play Noah Fant over Taysom Hill. So I actually like him much more than we would most weeks. Probably call him, uh, you know, a tight end 12 or 13 on the week, uh, which is probably better than you could say most weeks for Noah Fant. Yep, I picked him up in our mini dynasty league, and I, depending on how the weather looks in Chicago, I am probably going to play him over Cole Komet. So that's a personal attestation that uh, I think Noah Fant's a good streaming option this week if you are desperate like myself. Damn, that was a, that was a big word, Cody. I love to see the the complexity on this podcast really displaying. Did I say it wrong? Uh, I probably we, said it wrong. <laughs> oh no, I I just I was just I was just basking in the glow of that large word being displayed here. So good, just good work there, it, expanding our vocabulary of our listeners. Uh, on the Chiefs side, uh, they they're a little bit easier, I think. Uh, Pat Mahomes is a start. Travis Kelsey's a start. Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon are starts for me. Uh, this Seattle the Seattle team's actually been more of a run funnel uh, throughout the past uh, six weeks, especially. Obviously, the Chiefs, you know, put it in the air no matter what. Uh, even against you know the Texans last week, Mahomes threw it 41 times. But uh, both of these guys should find success on the ground and uh, for McKinnon through the air. Uh, I think I'd call them both RB twos, probably slightly for, for McKinnon in any PPR situation, but. Pacheco slightly in non. Uh, do you feel differently about any of those Chiefs options, or do you have any dissenting opinions on the running backs? Nope. I think you completely nailed it. Uh, Jarek McKinnon does have a little bit more value in the PPR formats. Um, I do just want to give a little bit of a warning, because I know there's a lot of Jarek McKinnon hype out there, especially being the RB1 in back-to-back weeks. Um, just be careful. Don't take out your your volume guys, the guys you know are going to get those guaranteed rushes, those guaranteed targets out of the backfield. To, to play a hot hand like Jarek McKinnon. I think he's a fine, like, flexible option if you grabbed, snagged him off the waiver wire. But, I mean, I'm not starting him over anybody that you would consider, you know, a mid to high-end RB2 or higher. So don't go crazy about McKinnon, but he's, he's still a good flex option. Yeah, he does have a lower floor than most. I think what uh, the part of what gives me a little more confidence is that he's been playing a lot in the red zone. And sure. Isaiah Pacheco's had some fumbling issues lately. So if he were to drop one more, I think McKinnon could end up just being the guy the rest of the game, so there's always that possibility as well. Yeah. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, I, you know, most most weeks we have a conversation about him. I think we've gotten past that point, uh, especially you know because McCole Hardman and Kadarius Tony have been slow to come back from their injuries. 
I think he's pretty much locked in. Uh, do you have any, you know, trepidation with this tough Seattle secondary? I believe they're third in points allowed to the receiver position, or does the, you know, the Chiefs offense just kind of override any concerns you'd have with a tough matchup? Yeah, one thing that's nice about Juju is he's more of a possession style receiver, so I don't think he's going to be kind of running down down the sidelines challenging their their cornerbacks, which is where they're really good at in Seattle. So. I think he may be more in the middle of the field, which probably gives him a little bit of a bump um, against a bad de- or a good defense, a bad matchup. Um, but I mean, I, I he is risky. I mean, he hasn't been risky the past few weeks because Hart or Tony's just been getting back. Hardman's been on the sideline, and MVS is not very not very good. Like Juju just is clearly better than him, and, and they're feeding him the ball. Now that all the options come back, I mean, there's just the chance where they they look at different plays. I would say if they get out, you know, get out early on Seattle, this might be a game where they try out some different options with Nicole Hardman and, and Tony, especially before playoffs. So I, I'm not going to say Juju's going to have a dud game, but I think he's not the safest option this week like he has been the past few with, with limited options. Yeah, I'm, I've been usually the low guy on Juju on this pod, uh, whether it's, you know, partly my Bronco fandom or partly me just sticking to my guns. But I think I'm going to show a little more support for him here just because I think Seattle's going to run with the Chiefs a little bit more than this line may suggest. So I think Smith Schuster's going to get his targets. And if he does, uh, you know, he's probably going to come through for you, especially in PPR formats. He just has a really, really safe floor where there are a lot of guys this week that don't have that because uh, whether it be weather situations or, uh, you know, bad matchups, there are just a lot of, uh, a lot of trap doors this week for me. And Juju, I think presents a pretty safe floor uh, considering that, you know, I just think he's going to get eight targets pretty safely in this game. Yeah. You know, something crazy. Uh, anything else? Uh, Casey anything else Houston last gone? week was uh, over under a 49 and a half. And I thought that was such an easy under. Now I'm looking at Seattle and Kansas City over under 49. I'm like, oh, it's got to be an easy over, right? But probably not. <laughs> yeah, I actually like the over quite a bit in this one too. I, I just think I like the Seahawks plus 10 more. So I yeah. think I'm probably going to be on that line if I'm on something in this game. But I think, yeah, I think this could easily be a you know 30 to 23, 30 to you know 35, 28 type of game. I just think both offenses are going to have some success, and I'm not too worried about the weather here. It looks like it's pretty much just going to be cold, which usually doesn't have too much of an effect. It's the wind that is usually the uh, the problem. Yep, for sure. So let's move on to Bengals at Patriots. Uh, the 10 and four Cincinnati Bengals tra- traveling to New England to play the seven and seven Patriots. Cincinnati favored by three points on the road over unders 41 and a half. Uh, this is another one where the weather could be an issue, but probably won't be uh, nearly as bad as the, you know, the, uh, the Saints cold. Browns game that we talked about. Yeah. Mostly just cold. And then some wind, maybe a little bit more than the chiefs, uh, yep. you know, the Chiefs Seahawks game we just talked about, but I, I think this one, we don't need to downgrade the options too much. The over under is just a little bit lower because of the way New England plays football. So on the Cincinnati side, uh, Joe Burrow is locked in as a solid QB one. Uh, Jamar Chase and T Higgins are locked in. Uh, Joe Mixon, I think he got to start him, uh, but a, a but dud potential does exist here. I've been you know a little discouraged with his usage since he's come back from injury. Samaj P Ryan's earned himself a little bit more of a role, but I can't imagine that you have uh, two good options that you are playing over Joe Mixon in the playoffs. Uh, I think the discussion starts after those four. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Now that Higgins and Chase and Hurst are all back, I am you know kind of off of him, especially in a game with a 41.5 point over-under. He's a wide receiver three dart throw, as he kind of was to begin the year. When all the options here are healthy, that's kind of where Boyd lies uh, for me. 
you have any more interest in Boyd than I do, or are you uh, also kind of off of him now that ever, everyone on this offense is back? Yeah, I would say I'm off of him in situations where you can be. Um, if you're in some kind of just extremely deep league and don't have other options, I think maybe some uh, some positive light for you would just be that, um, you know, typically Bill Belichick and the Patriots like to take away a team's best option. So let's say they take away Jamar Chase. You know, Tyler Board may end up catching himself a you know touchdown pass if they double team Jamar or something like that. Like that's 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 what you're hoping for if you're playing Tyler Boyd. But I think in most situations and in most standards standard leagues, uh, he's probably going to find himself on the bench for most teams. Yeah, I think maybe worth a DFS start throw, but I don't know if I have the stones to put him in my lineup in a playoff situation. He does have a very very low floor, so just keep that in mind if you're playing Tyler Boyd. For sure. Hayden Hurst is back this week, but I am not considering him, especially coming off that injury. I think uh, we want to avoid him at all costs. I'd probably play basically all of the starting tight end options that we have laid out so far uh, over him. I'd, I'd even pivot to a David Njoku over him, and I think I've been you know pretty vocal about how low I am on him this week. Yeah, all Hayden Hurst does is just lower Tyler Boyd's you know chance of getting a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, then no, if you're if you made it this far, you got a better option than Hayden Hurst. Yeah, 100%. And then on the Patriots side, it's pretty easy. Uh, I think Ramondre Stevenson's really the only lineup lock we have here. He's a little bit more of an RB2 player rather than the low-end one he would usually be. The Bengals have a pretty good run defense, especially when they have DJ Reader on the field. That is their outstanding defensive tackle. And he could lose a few touches to Damian Harris if he's back, but uh, Stevenson's definitely in your lineup. Uh, we're not considering the quarterback, Mac Jones, Jacoby Myers. Uh, he's a wide receiver three option if he plays, but he's banged up and coming off of, uh, you know, possibly one of the worst plays that any footballer has ever made in the history of the National Football League. So could see some discipline from the coaches, but uh, I guess I'd call him a wide receiver three option. Do you have any more? Are you more bullish on Myers or are you, you know, kind of just, you know, he's, he's an okay flex in a PPR situation and that's about it. Yeah, I would say I've been kind of lower on Myers than where a lot of people have been throughout the season. I just haven't had any stock in him. He hasn't really touched any of my fantasy teams, so I just I maybe haven't kept up that close. I guess he's been good enough week in and week out in PPR settings to stay relevant, but again, he's just another guy that I think when you're getting down to those final four teams, just with standard lineups, he's probably not cracking most of those lineups. So if you have to throw him in, he's very, very risky, and, and you're, you're just shooting for PPR upside, best-case scenario. Hunter Henry, a classic touchdown or bust option from the tight end spots. Uh, would you rather play him or David Njoku? Um, I, I think I would check on the weather. I mean, if it looks like a, just a terrible, terrible, terrible time, I guess maybe go Hunter Henry and you just hope that the weather kind of kills them. But, um, I mean – I would play Noah Fant over both these guys, if that tells you anything, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think these are both really low-end options, uh, but anybody that's dealing with injuries at the tight end spot I think might be pivoting this low. Uh, but, yeah, I think both of them, you're basically just hoping to catch a touchdown this week. Uh, with yeah, Joker exactly. Being in the weather, weather situation, then Hunter Henry, that's just kind of always who he is. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Falcons at the Ravens here. The by the nine Atlanta Falcons travel to the nine and five Baltimore Ravens. Another juicy over under at thirty six here this week. Baltimore favored by six and a half points at home. On the Atlanta side, uh, this is a pretty easy one. We're basically avoiding everyone, or at least I am if I can. Uh, from the running back room, it's Tyler Algier. 
Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. Uh, really trying to avoid both of them this week. Again, six and a half point favorites on the other side with the Ravens, and uh, they have a fantastic run defense. I slightly prefer Algier. I think he has a little bit more juice than Patterson at this point in the year, but I am really trying to avoid both of them. Uh, do you have any more confidence in these running backs than me? Or are we, uh, you know, putting? No, I think I think they're both complete stayaways for me. Um, really, what I want to see here, if I stash Cordero Patterson this week, I want to see him take over the backfield a little bit and then have hopes to play him next week against Arizona. But yeah, this exactly. week it's a tough matchup. You know, the ball is not going to be moving up and down the field for Atlanta very well. I just, I got to pivot away from these two options. Same with Drake London. Uh, he was the preferred target for Desmond Ritter last week. So that was nice to see, but you know, he did not throw for a hundred yards in the saints game. So how much upside is there really with Drake London? He's another guy you're really just hoping he catches a touchdown. And you know, I would, not bet on that with uh, the way this game is looking for the Falcons, but would you rather play Drake London or Amari Cooper in the bomb cyclone there in Cleveland? <laughs> um, I guess if I'm forced to make, I just this love big, saying bomb cyclone. I'm sorry, guys, yeah. but I, I just I've never heard that before, and that's that's just a fantastic way to describe a storm. I, I can't imagine a more apt description for just a you know a crazy windy storm like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if you're looking at either of these two options, I'm assuming this is a flex. I'm going to see who else is out there just to make sure there's not any better option. Um, I guess I would probably just go Amari Cooper and trust the process and trust the talent. But uh, would you play 2-2 Atwell over both these guys or either of these guys? Oh, man. Um, I <laughs> That is just the most disgusting question I've ever heard. Oh, I think you I started it. You made it gross, Cooper. man. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I, I mucked it up. I mucked it up. I should have been ready for it. Uh, but I, I think I just stick with Cooper in that situation and yeah, just hope he catches it. a touchdown. I think that's really what you're hoping for when you're picking from the bottom of the barrel like this. Uh, you're really just hoping for a touchdown, and Cooper probably has the highest chance of that out of any of those three guys, in my opinion. For sure. On the Baltimore side, again, it's uh, pretty easy for me. Tyler Huntley is going to be the starter again. I'm not looking for him as a streamer after the dud last week. Uh, I don't really see any reason that this week would be much different. He's a mid-tier QB2 in uh, super flex leagues. You can throw him in there, but that's about it for Huntley. Uh, the running backs, J.K. Dobbins, I think he's almost a must-start. He is more of an RB2 because he does not catch any passes, but this is a fantastic matchup for him once again. They are favored by six and a half points at home. Atlanta's run defense is very shaky, and he has looked fantastic the past couple weeks, so I don't see any reason to take him out of your lineup. I don't know if I can pivot down to Gus Edwards. Would you rather play Gus or either one of the uh, Atlanta guys? Uh, I think if I'm pivoting down that far, I'll play Tyler Elshier. Okay. So we're we're pretty low on Gus Edwards then. If yeah. that's uh you know, if we're taking Tyler Algier over him, then I think I think I'm about where probably playing Cordero over him as well. If you have a Cordero okay. Gus situation out there, I'm probably going Patterson. All right. Yeah, that's that's a pretty easy one then. I think in non PPR he is on the flex radar, I suppose, but every other, you know, format you're not considering him and hopefully in non PPR you have a better option. Uh you know, then Gus Edwards. For sure. Mark Andrews, uh, he is really tough right now because he's just been so disappointing the past few weeks, but I am still calling him a low-end starter. Be really hard-pressed to stream him unless you have picked up one of those guys that was, uh, you know, injured earlier in the year and is coming back, like a Hawkinson, a Dalton Schultz, a Dallas Goddard. I'd play through those three guys over Andrews as well as obviously uh, Kelsey. Uh, but I think if you have anybody else, then you just got to roll with Andrews and hope. He's still getting the target share. 
and you know Atlanta's not a scary matchup whatsoever. So it's it's tough, but I think you got to roll with Andrews if you got him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just gonna add one name in there, Darren Waller. You're still going Mark Andrews over him for sure. Yeah, at Pittsburgh is not the matchup I want to go with with Waller. I think in the right situation, I could take Waller over Andrews this week, but yep. that's that's just not the one. So I'll take I'll still take Andrews there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this game we didn't really touch on the weather. It's gonna be cold but sunny winds are going to be kind of that 10 to 15 mile per hour range so unless there's a gust there shouldn't be too much of an effect usually it's not until it gets above 15 miles per hour where we see fantasy impacts so um yeah i think mark andrews and he's really the only pass catcher on this team that that would be a deserving of 10 plus targets if someone were to get them so um yeah again trust the process with these with some of these guys and and he doesn't even have a bad enough weather situation that it's worth pivoting so stick with mark andrews yeah. unless you picked up one of the three guys that that nick had mentioned or yeah Travis I think this Kelsey, Baltimore, obviously right and then this uh this baltimore game i think i'd throw that in the category with the one we just talked about with the patriots and the Bengals. both of those kind of find themselves in the like cody said very cold 10 to 15 mile an hour wind range but as long as it does not get much past that, it should not affect the passing games too much beyond what, you know, we aren't expecting a ton of passing in this game anyway if it was perfect conditions. So just keep that in mind. For sure. Uh, this next game is probably the second worst weather situation that we're dealing with. Not quite to the level of the bomb cyclone last time, I swear, uh, in Cleveland, but Buffalo at Chicago is expected to have uh, pretty severe wind gusts. Maybe not the swirling winds that we're going to have in Cleveland, but uh, it's going to be up to 30 miles an hour from the last weather report we have. Again, those types of things can change pretty quickly, so you really want to double-check on Sunday. But uh, with the way this over-under is right now and the way these team, two teams, I think, you know, well, let me just read this off real quick, and then I'll, I'll give my take on where I think this game would be uh, in a normal situation. But the Bills, 11-3, and travel to the 3-11 and Chicago Bears. Buffalo favored by eight and a half points on the road. Over-under is only 39 and a half points, Cody. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think if this game was in you know regular regular conditions, we'd be looking at more of a 48-point over-under here. Both of these teams uh, just you know have good offenses, and the Bills' defense has been a little shaky lately. Uh, the Bears' defense is just bad. So I, I'm, I think the, the over-under is really reflective of the you know expected weather situation here in Chicago. Yeah, just a quick take on that, though. Like, I mean, I guess you can consider the Bills, I mean, very, very dangerous through the air. But with Josh Allen's running ability and Justin Fields' running ability, I mean, both these offenses lean on the running game, uh, you know, when they need to as well. So, I mean, I think 39.5 is pretty low. I mean, let's say Buffalo gets to 24 to 27 on that defense. So we're looking for, for you know, 10 to 15 or 12 to 15 from Chicago. So, I think the way Justin Fields has been playing, I feel like that, you know, I know the weather's going to be mad, bad, but I still would expect them, these two teams to be able to get over 40 points. Yeah, I would too. I'm not saying I wouldn't be on the over on this one, but I just think the fact that it is down this low is just kind of telling you what you need to know about the the impact the weather's going to have. Vegas expects, sure. uh, you know, quite a bit of wind here. So there could be a large effect on the passing game especially. But, yeah, like you said, these two teams – maybe from a fantasy perspective, aren't quite as affected as others would be because of their you know, lean on the run game, especially from the quarterback side. So on Buffalo's side of things, Josh Allen's obviously in your lineup. Like you said, he can run the ball. And 
uh, he can still throw it through uh, wins like this. I think this is probably the one quarterback in the NFL, maybe this side of Patrick Mahomes, that you would not be worried about, uh, you know, 20 to 5 to 30 mile an hour wins because he can just rip the ball through that uh, either way. Devin Singletary, I think, is the one guy might, might actually get a bump up here. Uh, I like him in this game script as a low-end RB2. I think if the Bills are able to take a lead on the Bears as the, uh, the line would suggest. Um, Nick may have dropped here from us. So if you heard a long pause, sorry about that. Let's just give him a second to see if he reconnects or if he drops off. I think he was getting into the Buffalo Bills options. Justin, you can still hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, he probably uh, cut. So I will just go ahead and jump in here to Bills at Bears. Uh, as we were kind of going into... Josh Allen, he's a locked-in must-start, even in the bad weather situation. I think he's someone that you can count on. Like I said, he does run the ball quite a bit, and uh, um, even with the bad weather, I mean, he's got the strongest arm in the NFL, so should be good to lock him in. All right, here we go, Nick. Um, I think we just kind of lost you right as you were going into the fantasy option for the Bills. I touched on Josh Allen. If you uh, want to take over the running backs here for us. I, uh, you know, I, I kind of jinxed myself at the beginning of this episode when I mentioned the uh, the possibility of us cutting out in the middle. So hopefully, had to happen through the rest of this without any interruptions. <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, there is some. The weather has extended to the podcast, unfortunately. So we are, you know, we are living through this uh, this tough weather situation. You're saying a bomb, bomb cyclone just hit your <laughs> hit your internet? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Thank you, Cody, for elegantly displaying that out there for me, but. Uh, I was going to say that Devin Singletary uh, is somebody I actually would bump up slightly in this game game script. I like him as a low-end RB2. He'd probably normally be a flex play, but uh, I think Singletary might be a little more necessary. Probably gets a few extra carries because of this uh, you know, weather situation. Do you share my you know sentiment in bumping up Singletary, or are you uh, not quite as bullish? Yeah, I mean, if you are looking, like if you're going to have to flex somebody and Singletary's in consideration, I, I don't hate him. The thing for me is it's it's still a relatively low ceiling kind of play. You know, you're hoping he gets into the end zone or just gets enough work throughout the game that he racks up some yardage. He, he probably won't catch too many passes out of the backfield, so in PPR situations, I don't feel as comfortable with him, but um, – I think after last week where he kind of took back the job from Cook, I feel more confident playing Singletary than I you know, would have a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I like him as a low-end RB2, especially with all of the guys that we've been bumping down throughout this podcast. I think he probably finds himself in a little bit of a better situation than uh, you know he normally would be in this week. Yeah. Steph Diggs, he's in there. you got to start him. It is scary, but uh, I don't see any situation you can sit him. Like I said, Josh Allen, probably the one guy that uh, may not – as you know scary to play in this situation uh Gabe Davis though I think I'm trying to avoid him obviously he you know he is a little bit more predicated on the downfield passing game and while I believe in Josh Allen's arm I think you know it, it only goes so far I think the passes 20 plus yards down the field may still have some difficulty being completed uh let me give you a couple names on Gabe Davis see where you are on him would you rather start Gabe Davis or DJ Moore against the Lions. Oh, man. Thank God we're not like a big podcast yet, and this can get clipped among all my other DJ Moore hate that I've had all year, but I'm rolling with DJ Moore this week over Gabe Davis. Yeah, I would be too. Uh, Gabe Davis or Darius Slayton against the Vikings? Uh, 
this has nothing to do with the players themselves because I love Gabe Davis way more than Darius Slayton. But when you just look at the weather here and the fact that the Giants are going to be playing in a dome, I will give Slayton the very slight edge over Gabe Davis. I agree with that one as well. Last one here, Gabe Davis or his teammate, Devin Singletary. Uh, you got to go Singletary. I mean, it, I guess it depends a little bit on your matchup. I mean, Gabe Davis is going to be your more boom-bust kind of player, maybe catches a long touchdown when no one's expecting it in these bad conditions. Um, he, I mean, he may be due for one, but Devin Singletary should get most of the work out of the backfield, and he's going to be the volume play there. But like I said, maybe a little bit more of a lower ceiling, so it just depends on your matchup probably. Yeah, I think Gabe Davis is the one guy we're kind of worried about from this Bills uh, passing attack. He has not been great lately anyway. And uh, yeah, this this he, he has affected a little bit more than the rest of these guys based on his role in this offense. Dawson Knox, I think I share kind of a similar sentiment to Gabe Davis, but we've talked about a lot of tight ends that were bumping down this week. So I think he probably finds himself in basically the same spot he would have been. He's been pretty good lately too. So uh, would you rather start Dawson Knox or Gerald Everett? Ooh, that's a really good line. I think I'm going to give the slight edge to Gerald Everett just due to the weather in this game, but I think Dawson Knox might be right behind him. Yeah, throw me another name. Knox or Komet? Yeah, that was the one I was looking for. I Oh, man. See, that one, I think those two guys are basically the same. It's You're basically taking the – you know, third, maybe, maybe not be the second passing option, honestly, you know, with Josh Allen versus the only passing option with Justin Fields. So a little bit risky, but I'm probably still just going to roll with Dawson Knox over Cole Komet and just take the more talented quarterback. Yeah, I think I would agree with you there on Dawson Knox. Uh, I like him a little better than Komet just because, like you said, Josh Allen is throwing him the ball. And um, I would probably put him over Everett as well. Uh, just because uh, all the options are back there for the Chargers. So uh, Everett fi- finds himself farther down the pecking order than Knox does in Buffalo. Uh, let's move to the Bears side here. As we talked about off the top, Justin Fields is you know still probably in your lineup as a mid-tier QB1. I think there is a lot of risk here, but there is a lot of reward as well. I think he has, you know, the chance for a dud more so than most of these QB ones do, but he also has the chance to, you know, run for a hundred yards and a couple touchdowns on the ground and really just, you know, take over your day for you. So I think you got to leave him in there. It is a little scary, but uh, I am rolling with Justin Fields, Cody. How do you feel about him? Yeah, Justin Fields is locked and loaded unless I have just another elite option up there with him. Um, I'd say he's probably a top five or six play on the week for me. Uh, I might have to look at some names, but. I, there's not a lot of guys I'm playing over him. Um, he just has that ability um, that that Lamar Jackson had a few years ago. Like one time I was playing Lamar Jackson in my fantasy playoffs. He had like one and a half points before, like three minutes before halftime. And at halftime he had 24 or something like that. Like this guy can just take off at any point and run one, basically house it from anywhere on the field. So He's just a guy that, like you said, maybe a little bit high risk. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy, but there is high reward. I mean, if it's windy and he's not throwing the ball very well, that just means you may get five or six more running opportunities from Justin Fields, which may actually, you know, pan out for you in the long <laughs> Might run. Might benefit yeah. him, right? So <laughs> exactly. I, I think he's locked in in my mind. David Montgomery, I think I view him very similarly as I did going into last week against the Eagles. This is a tough matchup, but he should get the volume. Uh, Khalil Herbert is coming back in this one, but I can't imagine he's going to be 
you know, splitting right down the middle like he was for a time there in the middle of the season right off of this injury. So I'd still call Montgomery a solid RB2. Expect decent volume. Uh, do you have any more worries about Khalil Herbert, or are we thinking he's going to be worked in a little slowly? He's going to get worked in a little slowly. I- I'm right there with you. I, th- I literally said he's a solid RB2 play this week. He's kind of the RB2 that you want. Probably doesn't have the highest ceiling out there, but you know he's going to get his guaranteed touches probably. If he gets in the end zone, you're going to be very happy with his meek, with his week more than likely. And then Komet, lower tier streamer. We've kind of, uh, you know, we've gone over Komet ad nauseum with the guys that we have uh, talked about already. So I think we can just move past him. He's a lower tier streamer. You probably want to try to avoid him, but there are a lot of guys with bad weather this week. So I understand if you can't. Next game here, you don't have to worry about weather. That's probably the biggest advantage these guys have uh, coming into this week here. That's the Giants at the Vikings. Uh, crazy that Minnesota would you know, put in a dome since they you know, are in a northern state and have to deal with bad weather all the time. That's just a wild concept I wish maybe some other teams would take a look at and just just consider you know, not affecting these playoff matchups at the end of the year with just bad weather. I I don't know if you're a weather purist like some football fans are, but I'd rather just see good football myself. So put put a damn roof on your stadium if you are a northern just team. Retractable just roof. Sense. We have the technology, exactly. guys. Like I, I get yeah. you want like if it's just cold, like we've already talked about. It, if it's just cold, I, I love watching Open a football game up. and you see like the the their breath. Like that's fine, but like the Jets game tonight. I mean, it was slick as can be out there. It was cold. Like yeah, just put a roof on it, man. We don't gotta. I don't care about watching people play in the rain. That's not real football. Yeah, it's it, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But anyway, uh, the 8-5-1 Giants travel to play the 11-3 Vikings. Minnesota favored by four, over under 48. On the Giants' side, Daniel Jones finds himself in the low-end starting tier this week because of all of the you know bad weather games that we have already discussed. Let me throw a couple names out here, see where you are with him. Daniel Jones or Gardner Minshew? Oh, great question. Um, I think this is a little bit of what do you want? I mean, Daniel Jones is going to give you a little bit of a rushing upside, but Gardner Minshew is kind of a surprise with really elite weapons up there in Philadelphia and a good offensive line. Uh, Should have to throw quite a bit too. Yeah, yeah, and they're playing Dallas, so I mean, there's going to have that. They're going to have scoreboard pressure for sure. Um, I think I'm gonna ride with Minshew. I, I just I don't enjoy watching or or trusting Daniel Jones with my semifinal matchup. As stupid as it may sound, I guess I'd rather trust Gardner Minshew more, but just slightly. I think I would roll with Minshew too. I think I know where you're gonna go with this next one based on that answer to uh, the previous question. But Daniel Jones or Aaron Rodgers against the Dolphins? Yeah, same thing. Give me Rodgers against the Dolphins. That should actually be a pretty solid matchup for him. So he's actually he's a pretty decent streaming option for me this week. Yeah, Rodgers is another guy that does not have to worry about weather, luckily playing down in South Florida. So uh, Daniel Jones is on the streaming tier of quarterbacks this week, but maybe slightly lower for us personally. Saquon Barkley, it's not the best matchup. Minnesota actually has been decent against the run, but uh, you put him in there. He's a lock. Uh, He catches passes out of the backfield, and he just did pretty well in what was a tougher matchup against the Commanders last week. Darius Slayton, we've talked about him pretty, ad nauseum on this podcast already as well. So we won't belabor him too much. I like him as a wide receiver three this week. I think the script sets up nicely for him. And this is the best matchup in the, on the books for wide receivers this year. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be in a dome. They're going to have to throw the Vikings offense is good. So 
wide receivers just tend to do very well against the Vikings for all of those reasons. Uh, again, I, I had a couple of na- couple names laid out here, but I think we've already gone over Darius Slayton enough. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the Vikings here. Uh, Kirk, the, the Vikings are actually pretty easy for me too. Kirk Cousins, he's a mid-tier QB1. He, you know, you kind of know what Kirk Cousins is at this point. He is definitely in the starting tier, but not in the top five of quarterbacks. Dalvin Cook, he's a start. Justin Jefferson, he is the number one wide receiver on the week uh, in any format. TJ Hawkinson is a top five tight end as well. So the other two wide receivers here in Minnesota, we can have a little bit of a conversation about. Adam Thielen, uh, he probably gets pushed up a little bit because he gets to play in a dome this week. Would you rather start him or Slayton on the other side? Um, I think I'm going Darius Slayton. He's just the should be the one that gets the most work. So on a full PPR, even half PPR, I'm going Slayton. Uh, if you want to trust Thielen and non-PPR that he's going to get the touchdown and Slayton won't, that's up to you. But I'm probably still roll, rolling with Slayton in all three. One more here, Adam Thielen or Alan Lazard against the Dolphins. Oh, that's gross. Uh, with Romeo Dobbs coming back, Alan Lazard was close to uh, close to nothing. So I think I'm going to roll with Slayton and just kind of trust the process there and trust the, the targets he's been receiving because, uh, unfortunately, Lazard was kind of just out of the game script last week, it seemed like. Any interest in K.J. Osborne? Personally, I'm not chasing last week. I think he has massive bust potential. We've seen you know, a larger sample size of him not doing much rather than the 16-target performance we got from him last week chasing a 33-point deficit. So uh, are you considering Osborne maybe over Thielen, or are you just uh, you know, considering that last week as a one-off? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think when we did the, the recap of last week, I think you were a little bit higher on K.J. Osborne than I even was at that point, and, and my, I haven't really risen on any stock. I mean, if I had Thielen and Osborne, I'm going to play Thielen and just, again, kind of trust the process with the known guys at this point in fantasy. But if you got the stones to throw K.J. Osborne out there in your semifinal matchup, uh, good for you. I hope it works out for you. Yeah, I think I'd play him over the the Browns wide receivers that we talked about earlier, but that's not a very high bar sure. uh, considering you know the game script that's going on in Cleveland. So um, yeah, I I think Osborne is a very low end option, but if you again if you have an, a Chris Olave or a Mari Cooper that you've been relying on, you can turn to him. He should you know at least be in a situation where he can you know catch the ball without having to deal with a you know a knuckleball coming in with twenty five mile an hour wind. So that is the that's the the case for KJ Osborne there. Uh, do you have anything else I, on Giants Vikings, or can we move on? I just want to touch on: Would you play him or Gabe Davis? That's a good one. Um, I think I'm going to stick with Davis and hope okay. because I think Me they're too. both similar in that they have basically no floor and they have you know a decent ceiling, but Gabe Davis just has more of a track record. Yeah, I think you also hit it on the head when we started. KJ Osborne's big day came when they were coming back from 33 points down. Basically, I had to eliminate the run game and just chuck the ball over the field. So, I, exactly, yeah, I'm right there with you. Let's go ahead and move on to Detroit at Carolina. Cody, if you want to go ahead and take over. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Let's start here with the Lions quarterback, Jared Goff. I think he's more of a mid-tier streaming option this week. Uh, if you've been rolling with him, I don't think you're going to probably have too many better options sitting out there for you at this point. Um, but uh, one question I have for you, would you rather play Jared Goff or uh, Gardner Minshew this week? That one's close. I think I would stick with golf. This uh, Detroit offense has just been rolling, and this Carolina defense does not scare me. This is another game where the weather shouldn't be too much of a factor, so I'll take Jared Goff. Yeah, sounds good. And if Tom Brady was someone who was dropped in your league, would you pick him up to play over Jared Goff? 
Oof, I think I'm going to stick with golf in this situation as well. Tom Brady plays the Cardinals. I think uh, you know his his pass attempts could become an issue there. I think you know yeah, that that Cardinals fair. team might be the worst team in the NFL with Trace McSorley at the helm. So Brady might only have to throw 25 or 30 times, and you know his ceiling is really really low if that's the case. Fair enough. Absolutely. All right, the running back room here in Detroit. Uh, definitely a little bit of little interesting here. We have Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Uh, neither of these guys saw above 50% of snaps last week. Uh, Swift was in the 40s. Jamal was in the 30s. Uh, the Jets, Jets defense is really good. I don't want to just bring it down to a one-week sample size. So I think William Williams is probably still going to be the safer play if they get the ball inside the five, which they probably will at some point. I think he's going to be the guy trying to hammer it in. And I think Swift is a boom-bust kind of flex option for you. Um, I just think, you know, if you made it this far in your fantasy playoffs, it's probably not been on the back of DeAndre Swift. And I just imagine you have some safer options out there in your lineup already. Would you rather play the Tampa Bay running backs uh, or just, just rank these four, the Tampa running backs and the Detroit running backs? Um, give me Rashad White, and then I go Jamal DeAndre. Leonard Fournette, I guess, but not very confident with that. They're all very similar because they all basically completely split work. So in a sense, they all have some boom bust, um, you know, flexibility in there. Yeah, I just I think those situations are kind of interesting parallels. So I wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, um, I think I would take Rashad White out of the group too. Again, not very confidently. I'd probably go Jamal Williams. Uh, did, I don't know. Did you say Williams or Swift? I said Williams too, and then I'd probably actually go Fournette over Swift. Just a little bit safer with Fournette, but I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, I was going to go uh, White Williams. Uh, Fournette and then Swift. Yeah, and, but like I said, the, the issue with these guys, like if you're relying on them this week, is just. You just hope that the uh, the snap care or the work just doesn't go the other person's way this week. Very, very risky, even though they all are good plays uh, in their own sense there. Uh, right. The wide receiver room, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DJ Chark. Uh, I think Brown's the only guy that you want to just lock into your lineup, obviously. Uh, but there there is a chance that he gets to see a little bit of J.C. Horn. He's been a really good corner this year, has had some shutdown ability uh, for opposing wide, rec- wide receiver ones. So I do just want to throw Chark out there as a boom-bust wide receiver three-play. Uh, he may get himself just a deep opportunity. Seems to get one or two a game anyway, um, but you know may, may be able to connect on one, may get an extra opportunity if St. Brown is is smothered. But again, St. Brown, just he's that guy. He's, he's going to get his opportunities. Yeah, St. Brown often avoids uh, team opposing teams' top corners because he plays a lot from the slot. So you get that added benefit from uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, like last week, he avoided the outside corners for the Jets quite a bit, and DJ Chark had that tough matchup, had the dud for you. We kind of hit on that before that game too, so I think we, uh, we pretty much nailed that situation. DJ Chark this time around. Might see some J.C. Horn, but I think he's a little bit more viable. Um, I'd probably put him below the Darius Slayton, Adam Thielen tier, but above the K.J. Osborne and Browns wide receivers. Fair enough. I'm right there with you. On the uh, on the Panthers' side, Sam Darnold, I mean, he's a low-end QB2 option in two QB leagues, probably have better options. But I would say if you had Jalen Hurts and no backups were out there, I mean, he is a guy that could, that could have a somewhat of a decent week just against the terrible uh, Detroit's 
passing defense. We just saw uh, yeah, go Zach and say Wilson it. have a good fantasy <laughs> yeah. game. So uh, if, if he can do it, Sam Darnold can do yep, it. Yep, that was exactly what I was going to say. There we go. Uh, the running back room, Dante <laughs> Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, I don't think either should be played in just about any circumstance. Uh, just extremely risky, low-end flex plays. The Lions' run defense has been really good. Another backfield where they've been splitting carries, but uh, – the uh, the offense doesn't get moving very well, and the uh, these guys just aren't elite talents. So I, I think they're full. Yeah, benches. no, thank you. Yep, wide receiver DJ Moore. I think we've kind of touched on him throughout the pod. Uh, just an extremely juicy matchup against Detroit. You can fire him back up there again. You just you have to know what he is. There's always that potential. Just a bust game, even when uh, whenever we got the good matchup. Yeah, uh, but like you said, I, I'm putting him in the low end wide receiver two tier, especially with all of the options getting dinged with weather and uh, sure. injuries this week. Uh, he finds himself as a startable option for sure. But like you said, uh, very low floor, very high ceiling. Yep. All right. The seven six and one Washington Commanders travel to San Francisco to play the ten and four Forty Niners. San Francisco favored by seven. Over under thirty seven and a half in that game. Let's start on the one of commander. our higher over unders of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I actually I was going through when I was making notes about the uh, the weather. The one this one I, what, first I saw the Tennessee game. I was like, oh, that weather's not bad. And then I saw San Francisco, and I was like, oh, there's some good weather. And then later we'll talk about Miami, and I'm like, oh, why can't we just everyone go to Florida and play this weekend? Right. It's wonderful yeah, there. Fantastic. Uh, but let's start on the commander side here. Taylor Heineke, uh, again, just in one of those lower end QB two options, maybe someone that's out there. If you ran into a Jalen hurts injury, um, running back room here, Brian Robinson, Jr. And Antonio Gibson, uh, B Rob has been pretty solid for you getting a lot of opportunities, but this 49ers run defense is just insanely hard to, uh, to put up points on. So if you can, I'm pivoting off of Robinson. Um, if anything, maybe in non-PPR, you he's flexible just based on volume, but I don't have confidence with this 49ers run defense. Yeah, certainly not. Very tough matchup. Probably the toughest uh, on the slate here that you can have for a running back. Would you rather play B-Rob or, I guess, Antonio Gibson uh, or the uh, the guys we just talked about in Carolina? Yeah, give me B Rob if I'm playing one of them. I think that's just that's where the volume's at. But even with that being said, that's not very confident. Yeah, I think I go B Rob, Foreman, Hubbard, and Gibson uh, in that order. But yeah, like you said, all of them are probably low end flex options if I had to to rank them. Absolutely. Uh, then let's touch on this wide receiver room here for the Commanders. We got McLaurin, Samuel, and Dotson. Um, for me, ranking them would be obviously Terry number one, Dotson two, Samuel three. But Terry's yep. probably the only one that you're playing in this semifinal matchup. 49ers have just, with their pass rush, they have been a nightmare for uh, quarterbacks. And, you know, Taylor Heineke can move around a little bit, but I don't know if he's outrunning Nick Bosa, if he's uh, hunting him down. So I just feel like the commanders just have a dud game incoming. So a little bit worried, but uh, I would say in DFS kind of options, Dotson does have big play potential. Maybe a boom bust flex if you're extremely desperate and, and you picked him up, but. I'd say they're, you know, Dotson's probably a DFS play and Samuel probably shouldn't be played in any format. Yeah, I like stashing Dotson in case he shows you something this week. Maybe you trust him in the uh, the championship round if, you know, you have an injury or something, you know, a really bad matchup for one of your, your main guys. But other than that, it's McLaurin as a wide receiver too. And then the other guys are boom, bust, flexes at best. Yep, absolutely. Um, and go ahead and jump over here to the 49ers side. We'll start with Brock Purdy. I'm going to call him a low-end starter. Uh, I feel like I'd play like Goff, Brady, Minshew over him. But if 
you're the Jalen oh, yeah. Hurts guy that that you know didn't have a backup, you may be starting Purdy. So he is up there. Uh, CMC obviously a must start. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he is a guy that I will be betting on the under on his reception total. I've made a decent little profit the past few weeks betting on his under on receptions because he catches about two to three balls a game. Just depends on how deep they are and if they happen to be in the end zone. I feel like that is just a great way to classify him as a boom-bust wide receiver. Two to maybe three option uh, available for you. I think when Debo went down, we kind of I got excited for him. I thought it was a good opportunity, but – Maybe last week against Seattle, they just didn't put the pressure on the passing game necessarily to to be needed. But I, I would be scared playing playing Brandon Ayuk this week. What? Let's say you. Yeah, he's always a risky option with the low volume here in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, if they, I mean, if the Commanders' offense is not able to put the scoreboard pressure on the Niners, you could see a similar story playing out this week for Brandon Ayuk. Would you rather start him or Terry McLaurin on the other side? Yeah, give me Terry McLaurin for sure. Uh, one more here, Brandon Ayuk or Deontay Johnson versus the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, uh, Kenny Pickett's going to be back this week. That matchup is a, probably a little bit better than this Washington matchup, but I'm just going to go ahead and take Brandon Ayuk and just take the player player in that situation. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good line there. Uh, like you said, wide receiver two slash three, probably more on the high-end wide receiver three side of things. Yeah, Deontay Johnson owners just had to love to see Mitch Trubisky just feed him with targets last exactly. week. You're yeah. not going to get the same out of Pickett. Hate to break it to you. Very predictable <laughs> target dispersion there with those two quarterbacks. That's that's at least at least predictable from that sense. For sure. And then the last guy here for the 49ers, George Kittle, go ahead and fire him up uh, and hope he does a little bit of what he did last week for you. Yeah, you got to play him. For sure. All right, let's go to Dallas where we got the 13 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles taking on the 10 and 4 Dallas Cowboys. Dallas favored by five and a half. Obviously, big news here Jalen Hurts not playing. This was probably one of the best games of the week, but a little bit less uh, interesting now. Over under at 46 and a half. On the Eagles side, Gardner Minshew, I think he's someone that's very interesting. Uh, probably someone that was picked up on just about every fantasy of this league, whether you were the Jalen Hurts owner or you were playing some defense. Uh, so let's kind of see, let's get our, our Gardner Minshew line. Um, would you play him over? I know we talked about it. You said Jared Goff. Would you play him over Brock Purdy? Yeah, give me give me Gardner Minshew. All right, would you play him over Derek Carr against Pittsburgh? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Minshew. Uh, I'm scared of that Pittsburgh matchup for Carr. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I'll give you three more. Brady, Jones, and Rodgers. Daniel Jones and Rodgers. Uh, that's that's tough. I think I'm going to take all three of those guys over Gardner Minshew, but uh, they're, they'd be ranked probably back-to-back-to-back over Minshew, and then he would be right behind him. Okay, so really just over Carr and, and Purdy there in the streaming category. So unless you're playing defense or you're the Jalen Hurts owner, I don't think Minshew's probably hitting your starting lineup uh, – in a lot of situations. So sounds great there. Uh, Miles Sanders. I think he probably is one of those guys that gets a bump up without Jalen. I don't think Minshew is going to steal very many of his goal line touchdowns if they happen to get in those situations. So I think if you're a Miles Sanders owner, you can kind of, you know, take a deep breath and, and maybe rejoice on what should be a pretty solid week for him. Yeah, I think any downgrade that you might get from the Eagles offense not moving the ball quite as effectively would be offset, like you said, by the fact that Sanders is going to get the goal line work most likely and uh, could see a few extra rushing attempts just because, again, Jalen Hurts is 
keeping some of those read option plays for himself and Gardner Minshew will not be doing that. For sure. The wide receiver room, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. I think A.J. Brown still must play. Way too good of a player. Yep. Um, for context, yeah, he was great up. with Ryan Tannehill. So <laughs> I think he'll be fine with Gardner Minshew <laughs> yeah, for one point. game. Uh, I do think Smith is more of a boom-bust kind of player. I, and maybe not so much because Minshew is going to be the quarterback, but because we also have Dallas, Dallas Goddard coming back. So this offense is just going to have a little bit more mouths to feed. Um, I do think he has that, you know, Dave, Gabe Davis quality that we were talking about earlier in the season where he could just house, you know, any given play. So for that reason, he's boom bust, but I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about Devontae Smith, probably back end RB2 for me, or wide receiver two. Yeah, I'm a lot of bit concerned about Devonta Smith myself. I'd probably be playing uh, maybe lower tier options than you would over him. Uh, give me a Darius Slayton over okay. Devonta Smith. I'd take Adam Thielen over Devonta Smith. Um, so yeah, I'd probably move him more into the wide receiver three category. Like you said, it's uh, the two pronged uh, situation here with Dallas Goddard coming back and Gardner Minshew entering the fold. Gardner Minshew also. Uh, played only a couple games last year for the Eagles, but he showed a heavy, heavy lean towards Dallas Goddard. So that could be maybe a slight bump up for Goddard, but also just could spell trouble for Smith. Yeah, absolutely. And then for me, Dallas Goddard, he's he's going right back in there. Um, I mean, even yeah, with Minshew, you're he, you're must starting him for sure. On the Cowboys side, I think this is going to be pretty easy. Dak Prescott's a low-end starter this week. Like uh, Nick said, probably falls in that 7-10 to 10 category. So unless you have one of those must-start kind of guys, he's going to find his way into your lineup. Uh, Zeke and Pollard, both – I'm going to classify them as RB2 options with RB1 potential. Um, you just never know. Pollard could house one and move up into RB1 category. Zeke could get you know two goal-line carries and get two touchdowns and run <laughs> get up into RB1 category, yeah, territory. So – you just never know with these guys. They're both really good options for fantasy, though. Uh, C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. I'm just going to go ahead and say both those guys are must-starts at their respective position. Michael Gallup, yep. interesting guy. Kind of touchdown or bust. Um, I guess Gallup or Devontae Smith? Uh, give me Devontae Smith. I'm kind of off of Gallup. Uh, it Fair seems enough. like I you know, I don't even know if I'd play Gallup over Noah Brown. It seems like those <laughs> two have fair. kind of yo-yoed between being the, you know, the – the, the second wide receiver for Dallas. So if that's the case, it's really hard to trust Gallup in your lineup. Yeah, there's nothing worse than whenever Noah Brown catches a pass and all you see is the eight and you have CeeDee Lamb in your fantasy team. You're like, oh, let's <laughs> yeah. go. And Noah yes. Brown pops up. You're like, what are you doing? Why are you getting the options here? I was I was actually playing against CeeDee Lamb a couple times. He gave me a couple heart attacks because he caught two touchdowns last week and I was just you know convinced it was going to be CeeDee. But luckily Brown came up with both of the, uh, the end zone targets there. So... Thank you, Dak Prescott, for that one. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and since you mentioned him, I don't think Noah Brown should be started either, but just just no, nice, yeah, I don't think nice so. funny guy. But let's go ahead and uh, move over to the 6-8 and eight Las Vegas Raiders taking on the 6-8 and eight Pittsburgh Steelers. Interestingly enough, the Pittsburgh Steelers could still get above 500 and keep Mike Tomlin's uh, streak alive. They just got to take on the Raiders this weekend and win their last two, so – that, uh, I would say, annoying stat still exists. It's still a possibility this year. Pitt's favored by <laughs> two and a half, over under 38 and a half on the Raiders' side. Um, Derek Carr, I think we've established the Derek Carr line at this point. You're playing him under guys like Minshew, so probably shouldn't hit too many lineups this week. Um, just no, playing you. against Pittsburgh doesn't give me any confidence. 
Josh Jacobs. I've heard some pretty interesting stats about Derek Carr in cold weather too. I think he more than most quarterbacks really struggles with uh, the cold weather. I believe he is a California kid yep. and he played his, his ball at Fresno state. California. That, is a, that is a California school. So he has never been a fan of the cold weather and that has kind of carried over to his NFL career. And, you know, some, some quarterbacks just that, that sort of thing matters more for, for them than others. And Derek Carr is one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about it, even in his NFL career, I mean, he played eight home games at Oakland for his entire career. Yep, now exactly. it's eight games in a dome in Vegas. So, I mean, this is just a guy that just has not played a lot of football in cold weather. So just maybe a testament to, you know, maybe getting a quarterback with some experience in cold weather may just pan out for you in the long run, especially when you have uh, some of these late season games like this. But yeah, interesting. Exactly. Very similar to Jared Goff. Jared Goff, California kid, went to Cal. Um, right. I think he was in St. Louis for maybe a year, but then basically was straight in LA. And now in Detroit, he's in a dome. But if he had to go play for the Jets, he'd probably look pretty bad for a year playing outside all season. So right. just yeah. is what it is I, with I some, of these, uh, some of these guys. But um, on the fantasy options, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, I think both those guys are must-starts. No way you're taking them out. Hunter Renfro and Matt Collins, if you are rostering these guys, if you are even considering starting them, punt them off your bench. There's no reason for these guys to be rostered. Um, Darren Waller, I think, is really the only fantasy asset that's that's viable in Vegas. I think he probably just finds himself out of the must-start tier of guys, like you know, like we had talked about, you know, Mark Andrews, your Dallas Goddards, those kind of guys. But probably the highest level of streaming option, you know, if we had, you know, low end, very low end starter to a streaming option for Waller this week. Yeah, I think an interesting discussion is to be had with Darren Waller and the guy on the other side of the, uh, you know, the the fence here with Pat Fryermuth. Who would you take out of the? Excuse me. Who would you take out of those two guys? Um, have you seen any injury news about Fryermuth? I have not seen anything. I think he's off the injury report. So okay, uh, and, and he has Pickett coming back. He has targeted him uh, a little bit more than Trubisky has so far this year. And this Raiders matchup does not scare you. So I think it's a pretty interesting line. I think I would probably slightly lean Waller just because I think he's a slightly better player, but it would be pretty close for me. I I actually if I would have to double check if Fryermuth's completely off the injury report. I think I'm leaning Fryermuth. I love I love defense. I love offenses going against that Vegas defense. They they just love yeah, to give up points. So even a quarterback like Kenny Pickett should should be able to do something. So um, and, and you know, interesting, Kenny Pickett played his college football in Pittsburgh. So we'll see if maybe he plays a little bit better in cold weather games. That's kind of an so. interesting sample sample here with these two. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into the Steelers side. Kenny Pickett low end QB two option. Uh, really just only guy I really want to have to look at would be, you know, Fryer Muth and then running back Najee Harris. I uh, have to love the matchup this week against the Raiders. I think he's ranked a little bit lower for PPR, but should be a solid RB2 in just about all formats this week. Yeah, I heard a uh, pretty solid. I don't really like these narrative plays usually, but uh, this one is pretty hard to argue with. Najee Harris going to be playing with the uh, the number 32 Harris jersey on. Uh, the a couple days after Franco Harris unfortunately passed away, and they were about to retire his jersey uh, yep. this on this night as well. So, lots of uh, you know Franco Harris love coming in this game, and maybe uh, a few extra carries for the the new number thirty two Harris on the Steelers. It's just kind of you know this game feels like a game where Najee Harris is going to get twenty five touches against a weak defense at home in cold weather. Uh, this just kind of lines up pretty well for him. 
Yeah, I will say I, I wish that this line was closer to a pick'em because I would love Pittsburgh at a pick'em, but having to swallow two and a half with Kenny Pickett is just I might I might still take it. Yeah, I don't blame I, you. I like Pittsburgh to win this game. Yeah, I, I do too. Just a little little scared there if, if I have to say so, but I, I still think I like the Pittsburgh side in general. And then last but not least, let's hit on these wide receivers real quick. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I think both are low-end flex options. Really, if you are playing either, you're hoping Johnson gets peppered with targets, Pickens makes a huge play, or either of them get in the end zone. Um, I will say that the weather in this one is probably not as extreme as some that you'll see this week, but even with that being the case, I, I still would recommend pivoting off these options. Yeah, not extreme, but not great either. Uh, that probably falls into the you know New, New England, England yeah. and Baltimore category of uh, you know weather. So uh, not ideal for the passing game, but uh, I think I'm leaning Pickens if I have to choose one. But I'd probably rather play uh, you know a Gabe Davis over both of these guys. And we've already kind of gone over that we're uh, pretty low on him this week, so that should kind of tell you where we are with these Pittsburgh guys. Yep, for sure. And Nick, let me tell you, if you love warm weather and dome football, Sunday and Monday are going to be made for you because we got Miami and then three dome games. So uh, these are these are ones you don't have yeah, to worry be. about. I do, I do want to take a second here if you're listening to just stay, just state the obvious, but if you have a league with kickers, make sure you're not playing a kicker in one of these terrible matches. Yeah, 100%. So just double-check that, double-check double, double check the weather where your kicker's playing. Um, and then also, same thing with defenses. We saw tonight, I know they were playing Zach Wilson, but the Jags' defense has been terrible all season long. And just because the weather's terrible, you just never know what could happen. And they ended up, you know, again, I know it's against Zach Wilson, so they get a little bit of a bump. But just if you're playing an iffy defense in good weather and you can pick up an iffy defense and that's playing in terrible weather, I don't mind that strategy either. 100%. So just wanted to throw that out yeah, there. Mistakes, I meant to put that at the beginning. Mistakes happen way more often in bad weather. Just, you know, balls slip out of hands. It's harder to hold on to, you know, receptions. It's easier to have missed throws that go for interceptions. So defenses are just a better play in uh, bad weather situations. So no shortage of good defensive options this week. You should be able to find a very solid one on your wire, uh, even if you didn't have one coming in. For sure. All right, let's get into the Sunday slate, and let's get these people out of here. Green Bay, 6-8, and eight, traveling to Miami. The 8-6 and six Miami Dolphins. Miami favored by four, over under 49-and-a-half. Uh, first, let's start on the Packers side. Aaron Rodgers, I think he's solidly in that streaming conversation this week. I think we've kind of established a pretty good line for Aaron Rodgers. Is there anyone else you want to throw out there for me, Nick, to, to pick between? No, I think we've pretty much uh, put him where – I think maybe Jared Goff is the last guy that I'd like to establish. Would you rather play him or Aaron Rodgers? I think I'm just going to go ahead and stick with Jared Goff. I just I like what I've been seeing out of that Lions offense a lot more than what you see on the Packers from a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I would too. This over under is pretty juicy, though. I'm surprised it's up where it is, but I think it's all. It's actually moved up to 50 now too. So the sharps are on the over here, and that means that you'd have to figure at least that Rodgers is going to score some points here uh, because the line is only four points for the Dolphins. So they're they're giving the Packers a decent amount of implied points in this game. That is true, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's what I think. He's definitely solidly in that streaming tier, but. If I had to pick one, it's crazy. ceiling has just been very low this season. Yeah. So that's kind of what scares me off of it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. So the, with the running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I think Aaron Jones is a must start as long as he plays and there's nothing negative that comes out about his knee. 
He is a locked and loaded player. Um, really, I think A.J. Dillon's just the guy to have a conversation about. I'm just curious if you think you can flex him again. Uh, like you said, this should be a matchup where a decent amount of points are scored. He's had a touchdown in three straight games, two in their last game. Obviously, Jones with the injury, it could flare up at any time. Are, are we good with starting Dillon or are we still concerned? No, I, uh, I'm okay with it. I think, like you said, you just kind of know what you have here. He is a flex option, but he's been looking a lot better lately. He's kind of had a late-season resurgence, and there should be plenty of points to go around here. So I think Dylan's a viable start. I think uh, you know I'd be starting him over the Washington guys, over the Carolina guys, over the Atlanta guys. Uh, would you rather start A.J. Dillon or Jamal Williams? Oh, give me A.J. Dillon. Okay. I just uh, like the matchup a lot there, more so. for him. Uh, I like this high over sure. under, so we'll go AJ. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think I think if we're that confident in Dylan, that is uh you know, that's a that's a pretty solid running back there, at least uh, option wise, especially in non PPR, he gets a little bit of a bump up there too. Yep, absolutely. I, I figured that you were gonna be on the side of starting Dylan, but I'm I'm definitely on the start side of starting Dylan. I think even if this is a I think, a game where um I don't know. I just like I just like his prospects. I don't see there's a lot of a lot of situations where he gets worked out, especially with Jones being limited all week. Yeah, I might take Williams myself actually, but um, I, I it doesn't. That's not really an endor- It's not really a, a knock on Dylan as much as it is just confidence in Williams to score a touchdown this week. Uh, I think both of them are very similar assets, though. I think they you know are going to be the guy on the goal line. You're probably looking at ten to fifteen carries and maybe a catch or two. So. Uh, I think they profile very similarly and should both uh, have decent weeks. Uh, I think I think that Carolina matchup, that just does not scare me at all. I think Detroit's going to win that game pretty easily, and Williams should have a couple goal line opportunities. Sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, some big MFers that can run the ball one yard at the goal line for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, that is their bread and butter. Absolutely. The wide receiver room here, Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, Romeo Dubs, uh, or Dobbs, however you pronounce it. It's been a while. Uh, Christian Watson, I think he's the big play guy. I think he's the one that I'd probably play uh, as a flex option. But, um, you know, Lazard has his role. I'm probably not playing him in any situation this week. If you're in a full PPR and you think that that Dobbs is going to get targeted more, you can call your shot there. But for me, this uh, this wide receiver room is Christian Watson and, and the rest. I mean, they're all extremely risky. But if I had to trust one, it's going to be Christian Watson, maybe because I have him in, you know, a very important matchup I'm in. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right, though. Watson's got to got to be the guy you trust. They're looking for him around the goal line. And again, this high over under presents a lot of opportunity here. Someone's going to catch a touchdown or two uh, from the screen base side. And if you're going to bet on someone to catch a touchdown in this offense right now, it's got to be Christian Watson. Also, I just I got to say it. I know we're kind of pushing a little bit lengthy on the podcast. We're trying to keep this one short for you guys. Aaron Rodgers on the stupid Pat McAfee show, just like an ignorant comment about Christian Watson not picking up on his signal. I know it's football. you got to pick up on that signal. Basically told him if you want to score a touchdown, run the right routes. Otherwise, next time I'll throw it to Randall Cobb. And it's like, dude, like no other quarterback in the NFL is making that kind of comment on a show as popular as Pat McAfee's. Like, relax a little bit. I don't know. I just I know you're not very big on Aaron Rodgers. I thought that was just idiotic. You never hear Mahomes – Herbert, Josh Allen, even Tom Brady say those kind of things. So just bothered me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, Definitely idiotic, but at the same time, uh, 0% surprising from, uh, you know, Mr. Jackassery that is Aaron Rodgers. For sure. And then Robert Tanyan, uh, 
tight end or bust, he, whatever I used to say, but uh, you're not playing him this week. On the Dolphins side, <laughs> Tua T, um, I think you are rolling with Tua. I think last week gave you a little bit of confidence. If maybe your confidence was starting to wane in Tua, played a solid week or game up there in Buffalo. So this game against uh, uh, Green Bay at home in Miami does not uh, bring too much fear to me. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert is a little bit interesting for me. If Wilson does end up sitting, Mostert is a must-start option this week uh, as an RB2 level kind of player. If both are active, I don't love either, but I would just have to trust Mostert coming off the uh, the performance that he had in Buffalo. Um, but I would imagine that there's a chance that they get right back to 50-50 if Wilson's feeling good. So if, if they both play, their risk, then Mostert becomes pretty risky still in my mind. Yeah, I'm a little higher in Moster than you are, honestly. I think um, this Green Bay run defense has been horrible lately. They actually allowed they allowed Cam Akers to have a good game last week, yep. and he has not done that very often this year. Uh, they've been just pretty consistently bad, especially over the past month. Uh, like we said, very high over-under here, and I think the, the Dolphins kind of figured something out last week against a much tougher run defense on the Bills. Mostert went for 136 yards. So I think they'd be foolish to not give Raheem Mostert at least 15 opportunities in this one, uh, whether Wilson plays or not. Uh, so I think the matchup and the game script presents itself pretty well. Raheem Mostert's an RB2 for me, even if Wilson plays, and probably you know a high-end RB2 if he doesn't. Boom. Nick's stamp, Nick stamp of approval on Raheem Mostert. Absolutely. So you heard it here. I, yep. I, I, I do agree with a lot of that you said. I just you, you never know with these kind of Kyle Shanahan-type coaches that just throw different running backs in so you're right it's a little there, risky still but always I, I get but. it though I, I i like your sentiment there with Mostert. he looked really good last week uh and then to wrap up the dolphins here tyree kill jalen waddle both are must starts and mike gusecki yep. is a uh, touchdown or bust tight end so if you you're, you have a better he, option so uh, i think he's he's not even on the touchdown or bust tight end yeah, you got anymore. Honestly, he has. He just is not involved. You got to catch passes to have a threat of catching a touchdown. We got to take <laughs> steps before <laughs> we're taking leaps or whatever the the. Could not is. have said it better myself. There we go. All right, let's go to Los Angeles. We got the four and ten Denver Broncos playing the four and ten Los Angeles Rams, just like everybody expected at the beginning of the season. Denver <laughs> minus two and a half, just like everyone probably did expect at the beginning of the season. Over under thirty six and a half. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think he's a two QB league uh, option out there for you, but um, I don't think that you are playing him in this matchup in a one QB situation, especially if you're in the semis. Nope. Maybe if you had a Hurts injury, but that is terrifying to have to pivot all the way down to Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. Running back room, Latavius Murray, he had a solid week last week. I think he's back end RB2 kind of player this week. I don't love him or this offense, but you know when you're – when it comes down to the final four teams, I think you want players that have volume, and, and Latavius Murray gives that to you. Yeah, that's pretty much all you can say about Murray. He's going to get the volume, and um, you know, hopefully, he does some touches at this point in the year are not too easy to come by, especially uh, from guys that you probably picked up off the waiver wire a few weeks ago. So Murray is a low-end RB2 option, like you said. Yep, and in the wide receiver room, and we can kind of lump in the tight end Dulcich as well. We got Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Greg Dulcich. Don't really like having to play any of them if all three are out there, but I'd say Judy would be the one if I had to pick one. Um, I think that he's kind of uh, just kind of clearly separated from the other two as far as fantasy prospects go. Yeah, I think if Sutton plays, the only players that we have discussed so far that I'm playing him over are the you know the guys in the bomb cyclone game. Uh, okay, last time I swear that was it. But um, 
Cortland Sutton, basically not an option for me. Uh, Jerry Judy definitely gets a knock uh, if Sutton is out there. Probably, you know, a, a low-end wide receiver two if there's no Sutton, and then more of a wide receiver three if there is a Sutton uh, on the field. So uh, more of a bit, more of a deal for Judy's value than anything else as far as uh, Cortland Sutton play. You know, if if one of those one if one player in the bomb cyclone game has just an incredible fantasy day it will forever be known as the bomb cyclone game so i'm almost rooting for that to happen just so we can bring it up in the future as well <laughs> uh yeah it's it's unlikely but yes it it, it would be uh it'd be quite the legendary performance absolutely all right rams for me i'm going to keep this super simple uh mayfield no Wide receiver room, Tutu Atwell, I think he's still below like the Darius Slayton level players that we had talked about. Oh, um, yeah. So not even close. I don't think he's hitting your roster unless you're just in like kind of a weird situation, maybe Dynasty or something like that, where you just have a whole bunch of injuries or something. Uh, Cam Akers, he was kind of just, in my mind, he's a worse version of Latavius Murray playing a better defense at this point in the season. So I, I think I'm moving off of Cam Akers where I can, but again, volume is just something you can't can't turn your head to at this point in the season. So if you have to play him, I, I get it, but should just be in a very deep league situation. Yeah, I think I've been playing him over maybe the Washington guys against the Niners on the road. Yeah. Uh, maybe you know, the Atlanta guys. I'd probably rather play over Akers too. So we'll just say that. I'd probably play him over Ryan Robinson and uh, Antonio Gibson against the Niners, but that's that's not saying much. It's a pretty low bar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm, I'm right there with you. And then the only other guy, Tyler Higby, touchdown or bust, and with Baker Mayfield, he shouldn't be in your in your lineup if you made the uh, fantasy championship. Nope. Granted, he may have helped you if you had to stream him last week because he did catch his first touchdown of the season. So, <laughs> man. Yeah, if, you, if you put him in your lineup last week, then you I, – I want I want you to pick my lottery number. Yeah. Because that, was, uh, that was quite a call. <laughs> For sure. All right. Right, let's go uh, Tampa Bay six and eight. The the Buccaneers are six and eight, going to the four and ten Arizona Cardinals. Like Nick said, this may be the worst team in the NFL with their quarterback situation. Tampa Bay, as bad as they have been this season, favored by seven and a half, over under forty and a half. Oh, so that's telling you all you need to know about what Vegas thinks about this Arizona offense. Seven and a half. Yeah, pretty the Bucks are bad. Horrible. That- that is a huge line for them on the road. Yep. Uh, Tom Brady, I think that he probably not in the higher tier streaming options. Like I had written this out earlier, probably in that mid-tier where we've kind of established him at. Um, running back room, Leonard Fournette, Rashad White. Not a terrible matchup against these Arizona guys. Uh, Nick has Rashad going against me. I'm a little bit concerned about that. But you know that there's probably going to be somewhat of a split in work, so that always just brings, brings a little bit of risk into play. So just got to know what you have with those guys. And then I think you can kind of say the same thing about the wide receiver room. Uh, Godwin had a pretty good week in the first half last week was pretty encouraging. And Evans kind of showed you some life, but you know, you just kind of know what these options are at this point. We're playing with, I think 45 year old Tom Brady now. So just not, you gotta be probably boom bust. And then Chris Godwin and PPR is probably a pretty safe option just with his, his, uh, you know, his PPR upside. Yeah, Godwin's a high-end wide receiver, too, for me. He's just been too consistent. His targets have been there every single week, and his targets are much more reliable than Evans. Uh, Mike Evans' targets as far as catchability goes. 
And then, like I said, Leonard Fournette, Rashad White probably move into the you know low end RB two discussion just because this matchup is pretty fantastic. Arizona has been getting beat up by the running back position, especially lately. Latavius Murray just went off uh, on them last week, and uh, yeah, I mean the, the Tampa Bay Bucks with the seven and a half point line probably are going to be leading and able to run the ball quite a bit. So uh, I don't mind either one of these guys, but like you said, they're going to split basically right down the middle. Yep, absolutely, um, and then. I, yeah, you're not worried about the tight end situation there. So also not with uh, great and uh, uh, and Otten there. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, Buccaneers, please quit throwing the ball to Russell Gage. I understand that it's garbage time. You probably don't have the other two out there as much, but like, come on, man. Like Russell Gage just getting all the work in basically the fourth quarter last week was just ridiculous. Give it to Godwin. Give it to Evans. Just. For the fantasy players out Make there. Make it predictable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. The Cardinals side here is very simple. It's basically J- James Conner and D-Hop. I think James Conner's – I mean, I'm going to call him a must-start RB2. I know this is a good run defense, but that there's just no one else on the Cardinals that I have a whole lot of confidence in with Trace McSorley at quarterback. So I just feel like they're going to have to turn and give it to Conner quite a bit throughout this game. Or worst-case scenario, you know, in a PPR setting, he may get some dump-down passes once they – uh get behind and can't can't run the ball anymore yeah we've seen it with uh, the past two weeks with connor really uh they had two really bad matchups one at home against the patriots one on the road against denver he you know volumed his way to a good day in both situations and i don't see any reason he can't do that here against the bucks yep absolutely um and then with d hop here hollywood brown out of your lineup honestly probably can boot him to the uh free agent market at this point unless you're in any kind of dynasty or keeper um, 100%. obviously, but, um, I think you have to give, you know, obviously you have to bump D hop down a little bit, you know, maybe more of a boom bust wide receiver too, but he's just the main guy in this offense. You know, it's going to be him and James Conner getting a lot of work I'd imagine. So I think he's one of those guys that you don't love it and probably trust in the process with D hop, unless you have, uh, you know, a really, really stacked roster or something like that. Yeah, I think if we had some, you know, better options on the auxiliary uh, with, you know, with all of these just horrible weather games and injuries going on, uh, you can't sit D-Hop. I think there'd be a chance to sit him if there was, you know, a better weather situation going on and we had uh, a more depth as far as the options go here. But uh, D-Hop's got to be in your lineup based on, you know, what you're looking at elsewhere, like you said, unless you have a super stacked roster. For sure. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Monday Night Football, we're going to have the Chargers at the Colts. The Chargers 8-6, and six, Colts 4-9-1, and one, coming off that 33-point uh, letdown last week. Chargers favored by 4.5, over under 45.5. Let's start on the Chargers side. Justin Herbert, he's a must-start quarterback. Uh, Indianapolis does have a solid pass defense, but you're not benching Herbert, obviously. Not lately. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it has obviously not been as good. So, uh, Austin Eckler, obvious must-start as well. And then I think both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Mike or Keenan Allen is definitely a must-start, especially in any kind of PPR format and any format really. Mike Williams is boom bust, but should be started. You know, you know what the the only issue I have with Mike Williams is he is probably with the boom bust guy with just the lowest floor and the highest ceiling. I mean, he can go out there and give you forty as a single player, or he could catch one pass for fourteen yards and not touch the ball the rest of the game. So, um, you know, you know what you're getting with him, Mike Williams story. Yep, yep you know what you're getting with him. You got to prepare for that. Hopefully, you have some safer options around him if you are uh, playing Mike Williams in your fantasy lineup, but. He should be started because this is a matchup he should be able to exploit. And then uh, 
You would hope so. Yeah, I think. Uh, what's your thoughts on um, on Joshua Palmer? Obviously, we get Herbert as the quarterback in a dome with the with the other fantasy options in bad weather. I mean, are you considering Palmer in any kind of situation? I think he'd be completely off the radar if it wasn't for all of the other guys that have been, you know, knocked down because of their their weather situations. I'm still probably avoiding him, but uh, I guess it'd be playing him over, you know, a Tyler Boyd. It'd be playing him over a KJ Osborne. It'd be playing him over Michael Gallup. Uh, DJ Shark, I think, is a discussion. I'd probably still go Shark there, but uh, yeah, he's definitely a lower end option. But uh, you know, you can consider him over your your Browns and Saints wide receivers if you need to. Yep, absolutely. And then we've already kind of got a good line with Gerald Everett. He kind of moves back into a streaming option with all the other tight ends getting healthy. But you don't hate having to play him. He is uh, he's a pretty solid tight end. Just doesn't get the volume that you are looking for to be a must start every week at this point. Exactly. Yep. Cool. On the Colts side here, Nick Foles. Um, talk about having stones. No shot. You're playing Nick Foles this week, right? I'm just kidding. Um, I would imagine even yeah, if you're the Jalen Hurts owner, hopefully you found someone other than Nick Foles to be your starting quarterback. But yeah, maybe a two QB league if you're desperate. Very, very desperate. Um, for me, I'm just my my opinion on Deion Jackson and Zach Moss is very simple. If you are a good enough fantasy manager to make it this far, I hope that you have prepared and you have added players throughout the season to where you aren't having to pivot and just basically call a blind shot on who you think this is going to be. Um, I mean, again, if I had to guess, same thing I said on the on the recap pod, I'd go Moss just based on the volume he got, but I, I'm not confident in that. My best thing is just if you stashed one of these guys, hope that we see who the main guy is this week, but I, I can't give you a recommendation on playing either of them. Yeah, I think I would go Jackson just because I think he's a better player. And I think, uh, you know, given a full week of prep here with no Jonathan Taylor, I think it's possible he actually leads the, you know, the room here and touches, especially yep. if they go down to this Chargers team. I could see uh, Deion Jackson. He's definitely the passing downs guy. So I think he could end up with more work and is just slightly more explosive as a player. So I would lean Jackson, but I'm not excited to start either one of them, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And then. I mean, this wide receiver room, I don't even know what you do with Nick Foles being the quarterback. I can't even remember the last time Nick Foles oh. played football in the NFL. I feel like we're looking at like two years ago. I don't think he touched the field at all last year anywhere. So um, very interesting pivot here. I think – is Matt Ryan still at the point where he's under the like amount of snaps or whatever that where they have to like pay him a bonus or something? Maybe they're trying to do something No, like I think that. the only way they were going to have to pay him the bonus is if he um, – if he failed his physical. So he's still healthy, and okay. that's all that matters to gotcha. the Colts for that uh, specific situation. So, yeah, they, they don't have to pay him, and they are probably just going to sit him down the rest of the year just to avoid that, uh, avoid that possibility. Yeah, absolutely. What a weird situation in Indianapolis. It must suck to be a Colts Very. fan this year. Um, yeah, no doubt. Uh, so with these wide receivers here, I my the Pittman Jr. is the only guy that I'm going to say you can you should play or could play. I'm going to say he's a very very extremely risky wide receiver three option. My only thing here with Pittman is he's just the number one wide receiver in this offense. I don't know who Nick Foles is going to have a connection with, who he's going to throw to, but I'm going to imagine plays should be designed or schemed up to get Pittman the ball. He'd be the guy I'd play in PPR settings, but again, just I. I Another guy I'm saying that with not a lot of confidence, but if you're someone who's been relying on Pittman, you you may just have to stick with them depending on what your pivot option may be. 
Yeah, I think he's the guy you want for sure. But like you said, it's it's nerve wracking, especially with a new quarterback in there. I don't really view Nick Foles or Matt Ryan very differently as NFL players, but who knows who Nick Foles prefers from that wide receiver room? You hope it's Pittman, just because he's been the guy so far this year. But uh, yeah, like you said, it's very nerve wracking. Uh, I'd probably you know play him over some of the lower level options we've discussed. Um, you know, like a Gabe Davis, I'd put Michael Pittman yeah, in there over sure. him, over a Drake London over Alan Lazard, but I'd probably play a Darius Slayton over him myself. I know you uh, you gave the, the Pittman side of that earlier, but Nick Foles scares me off enough. I'd, I'd go Slayton myself. Um, and then Brandon Ayuk, Jerry Judy, I think I'd go with both those guys over Pittman too. Yeah, I think I think I probably would as well. I think I'm maybe on the other side of the Slayton argument, but you've done enough. You've done a good job of arguing Slayton this podcast, so I, I – I could see you going that way. I I don't don't mind it. I've always liked him as a player. Yeah. You know, I have heard more people tell me that about Darius Slayton than any player in the NFL, I swear. I have heard that so much this year, just talking about fantasy to different people. But, um, yeah, I think that that does it for us, man. That wraps up week 16. Uh, Obviously, we got the the final week next week. But, you know, hopefully, obviously, good luck to everybody. Nick, I hope you win two out of three of your uh, fantasy matchups this week. And uh, Appreciate good luck you, buddy. In, in the other two. Yeah. Uh, I, any any leagues you're playing in as well than the, the one that we know we're both talking about. I, I wish you luck, my friend. But everybody else, hopefully we see you next week. That means you're in a championship round or two in your fantasy leagues. Absolutely. And with the games being on Saturday with the Best Bets pod, may just do a, uh, a social media post for it if you're uh, still looking out for that. Check the socials. I don't know if we'll get a pod recorded i we got some busy stuff going on with the holidays coming up uh over the weekend so we will uh we'll get something out if we can but otherwise may just be a social media post this week so be on the lookout for that but other than that good luck on your matchups play some bets hope they all cash and uh peace out everybody peace merry christmas yeah merry christmas